Good evening, all you creatures of the night. Perched upon a hillside deep within the forests of France sits a mansion of a doctor. A brilliant doctor. The preeminent Parisian plastic surgeon on heterografting. What's that? It's the very delicate and precise medical procedure of transferring living tissue from one human to another. Society adores and revels in his contributions to science. But by nightfall, his skills are being utilized for another motive. A far more sinister motive. The streets of Paris are not safe for anyone, human or animal alike, as the doctor searches for his latest lab experiment. Who will be under the knife tonight? This is It Records. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, and as always, I'm joined with the, with really the brilliance, I mean, I'm just gonna charming. Go. I want to cut you off right there. <laughs> Come on, it's my shtick. It's my shtick, Pete. It's going on too long. Uh, fine, Pete. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. No, no one agrees. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta cultivate that atmosphere around you, and the, and then they get to meet you, and they go, "Wow, man!" You know, you'd be like, he, "He's not." He kind of disappoints. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, I disagree. But this week, everybody on the podcast, we watched Eyes Without a Face. It's a 1960s French Italian film. Can you can you say the French name? Uh, Les Yeux Sans Visage. I think I butchered that. Sorry I for mean, fr- French listeners, but you 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 faked it pretty well for me for my liking. <laughs> I just said it with confidence, and you I know, went the we we. We. Um, but this yeah, I hope I didn't. I'm sure I did butcher that though. Anyway, uh, directed by George Franju, uh, I believe, and. Uh, yeah, 1960 French Italian. We went foreign this week, and before we really go deep into that movie, what's it about? Pete, what is our creepy headline for this week? It's from Creepy Headlines. It's a work in progress. Just do the Friday the Thirteenth score under it. Or we could even throw in the the theme from this movie. I think would be. That's true. Would be apropos. The like uh. circus theme. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought circus is. I was thinking carnival when I was watching it. Okay, I thought. Yeah, I could see that too. I thought like old timey circus. Yeah, that's what I got too. Um, I'm sure we can we can play that real yeah. quick, right? Yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's throw it out to him. We're it's not char- we're not charging anything. <laughs> yeah, this is just all free educational purposes. So this is from the surgeons of Reddit. So it's a almost a botched uh, surgery moment. Thought very fitting to the theme. Absolutely. Um, this guy, Doctor Shlomo, from Reddit, says this one's from his dad um, or her dad. I don't know. Uh, we were putting up central line for a drip with a an 18g needle, 1.2 millimeter relatively big compared to most needles in a patient's external jugular and all of a sudden the needle went right into the jugular we all started panicking because usually with a drip the needle is meant to come out and only the plastic remains but now we had lost the needle inside the guy's jugular Jesus! <laughs> before we could even fish it out it was gone I looked at my fellow surgeons and nurses and before we could do anything we rushed them right into the theater theater I 
that's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after a few minutes, we finished. We fished the needle out of near his subclavian vein, closer towards his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and we breathe a sigh of relief. That's insane. We're it both, went down. We're both like cringing at our neck right now. I, I'm touching my neck right now. I'm I know. Just like, I'm like, ugh. Get it out of there. So they put it in the jugular near the neck, and it came out near the shoulder. I, I it is like I think the needle broke, and I think they just kind of oh, like and it even is like, worse. Yeah. So you know that scene that in The Exorcist where they're like testing on uh, was there any Regan or whatever? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then they like, and then a little spark comes out. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think that's what that is. I don't know what it's for, but that's the best <laughs> analogy I, I have for it. No, that paints a good picture for me, but that's still, ugh. That's cringe. I hate, I'm not a big fan of needles in the first place. Me either. That's going to give me nightmares just stuck in my throat. Ugh. Yeah, I could watch I could watch most horror movies, but talking about needles, I'm like, ugh, I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll watch any horror movie you throw at me. Needles, yeah, keep, keep them away. <laughs> Spiders, uh, they could all die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, screw them, we don't need them. Um, and with with that, uh, Pete used a botched uh, surgery type steroid because that's really what Eyes Without a Face is about. If you haven't um, seen it or heard of it, um, it's a French-Italian film horror based on a novel by Jean Rendon of the same title. And it follows a surgeon um, who causes an accident in his past which leaves his daughter disfigured. Her face is mangled and he'll go to any extreme to give her a new face. That is the plot line. Rise without a face. Is that is that shown? Is what shown? The accident, or is it just like we kind of find that out as it reveals? Because uh, there were some parts that I like. So I watched this movie in two increments. The first time I was very tired, and the first half I thought moved slower than the second half, and then I was like kind of like drifting in and out of it and then i was like wait what's happening (laughs) (laughs) um to answer your question about whether uh we see the accident or not we don't okay it's kind of like parsed to it it's almost like a a little mystery before the movie gets going really yeah um it starts off with we're on this highway um this girl's frantically looking in the mirror that carnival like music we talked about is playing and there's a person in the back. You can't see their face. They're like really hooded. They're wearing a hat. Um, so you're kind of shrouded in this mystery to start it. But we don't see the disfigurement accident. That's later on. Yeah. Can I talk about that scene for? Let's talk about that scene for a second. Yeah. Because like, well, yeah. I was so confused. But like, because um, it's this. It's the first time we see a body being dumped, and mm-hmm. we, do they steal that person's face? And they're dead, or did just oh. dumping a body. Um, both. Um, so well, oh, I think I well, I think I just like answered my own question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. I like got the juices flowing. Yeah. So for the listener, for just even more context, basically, as we said, there's a disfigurement of his daughter, and he's this great plastic surgeon of of heterografting, which is taking living tissue from people, putting it on another, and. What he does in like his mistress slash assistant, um, basically are wrangling up. They find women that look similar or similar tissue to his daughter 
they take him to the lab and they're trying to get a, a, a perfect face for her. Is that when that like surgery be- became like a thing? Because I feel like that's very common in like horror movies. When there's like a new thing that comes out, they immediately like take advantage of it and try and scare you. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely um, a tenet of horror, and I'm, I'm sure it was probably still even. I don't know. I don't know when heterografting or like fa- tissue transfer became commonplace. Maybe it was in the '60s. But I had you around that time, and they're going to jump on it. That fear of almost the unknown of this new technological change. How can we make people have this fear of it? Which is typical of horror. Yeah, I was I was like, they're really pushing for this theme right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's based on the novel, which was... Yeah, I saw in the, that. In the 50s, yeah, which was famous. And actually, um, it was much more graphic. And we can get into that with the film. Um, this is the 60s, so there's a lot of censorship issues. Um, but the book was really graphic, and especially with experiments. Um, the doctor has several dogs in this movie um, and other animals that he's experimenting with. Um, but the French, I think it was the French censors, made them cut down on the on the brutality of the experiments and the gore. And then there's a lot of there was a lot of sexual innuendos in the book. Um, between the doctor and even the daughter and her fiance or whatever. And then the Italian censors made him cut back on that. So it was like a lot of restrictions. On wow. That, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I was really surprised. I was like, okay. I mean, it's the sixties, but I thought that would have been, cause we watched torso, which is an Italian film. Yeah. But again, that was violence. They were okay. Well, no, there was a lot of sexuality in that movie too. Yeah. yeah maybe, there's... maybe it was because of the cross country. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the border thing. We got to yeah. have a, uh, the higher morale. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. we're all this making educated guesses here. <laughs> yeah. Those are all, uh, speculation. But as we're getting into the crux of this, Pete, um, I've got a few things, um, of how this really has significance in the horror genre. Because I feel like many people don't know this movie as much unless you're into the genre, but 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I even did some research on French horror, and people rate this as like the number two French horror movie made. Oh, wow. So it, ha- it has some some merit, and I was wondering, as you're watching it, um, anything you saw that are, I guess, basic elements of horror or things that kind of maybe started other horror movies that we see now that are derivative of it that really that that are maybe commonplace now but but then this was kind of a unique a unique film unique idea for a horror film yeah i i thought so too i could see um like i know like reading the wikipedia page they're trying to like steer away from the mad scientist character but i could still kind of see that in this a little bit but i could but i mean coming off the 50s that's really hard to escape (laughs) with all the monster movies that came out but i would say that compared to that that's very tame and i'm sure i mean name bad guy doctor you know that's probably some influence there um, I really can't think of anything off the top of my head that heavily bars from this movie. I don't know if you got one to, to shock me. No, there wasn't anything that particularly I thought was 
um, like genre changing or people use it a lot now. Um, but there's a, it just seemed it was its own interesting take on the horror genre. I think that um, when people who are outside of and I'll explain. Let me explain, please. Um, people who are, are not into the genre as much um, see it as inferior to others, I would say. And so maybe even bigger names stray away from it um, just because they think it's an inferior class of movie. But this was, an, I think, a great uh, achievement in making the whole, like taking it to a, a different height, a different level of directing, where it seemed very sur- surrealistic and like muted and poetic in a way. I don't know if you get that where you said it felt like one part of the movie was different than the second and one was faster and slower and it just seemed a little... Yeah, um, definitely a part of it that is because like I was one day exhausted and the other day I wasn't. <laughs> but but I, I, I would still stand by what I said because like it is very, it is very like paced. Like it's not, it's it's so different from like movies today because the pacing is so different and people would say slower, you know, not always a bad thing. Um, or a good thing. It kind of, you know, kind of goes with the movie. I think it, it fits with the movie because like, it just like, I feel like it just makes you really say like, what the fuck? Like what is going on here? Cause like, it's very strange. It's a very strange film. And I think that and it's to its credit because you're just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Cause you're like, kind of don't know. You kind of just like, kind of, it kind of like unravels itself, which is kind of cool. Cause like, um, even like being able to like read what they're saying, you're able to catch, you're able to, I think to follow the plot better if you're paying attention rather than if you're watching a film with a language that you understand, you maybe you might miss something cause you can't read everything that they're saying. So you get this catch, like, maybe minor things you wouldn't be able to. Or just, like, yeah, this film, yes, but, like, you know, let's say, comparatively, let's say we miss, like, a, a moment, like, a kind of, like, subtle moment in, like, I don't know, name The Exorcist or something. Any any English-speaking yeah. film we've done because we know English. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, I think. Um and also, just bouncing off that, um, you said it it, it it kind of felt different and with the pacing. Um, yeah, like, ahead. I would say, like, it was kind of, like, um, I'm trying to think of what the words for it. Like, it's, like, this huge mystery of, like, this ki- the kidnappings that are happening, and you're, like, and he's, like, oh, my daughter's dead, but then she's not dead, and then... So we're going to spoilers now, obviously. Um, but then, like, one of the patients dies, and I was like, "Wait, was that the daughter?" Like, I like I was like trying to figure it out because, like, I thought I thought they already, I thought that she had the surgery, and like she had, that was her face, and it was like being healed, but it was like, and then she like killed herself. I think I don't know. Um. But I thought that was the daughter at first, and I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... You have to really kind of pay attention to that. Um, and just if I can... Well, real quick before I get to my point. That uh, the mask in this movie, if you guys Google it real quick, um, was the inspiration for Michael Myers. 
You know, um, I kind of, I kind of like once we were kind of talking about it a little bit more, I could definitely see it because it just of just how expressionless it is, and like, and if I feel like they put it and they amplify it more with like Halloween, like how it covers more of his face. Yeah, it's very androgynous, no expression, very. Uh, it's just like a very pale, not even like wrinkles or any features, so it's very ominous. Um, but with that, that kind of talks to the muted uh, feeling of the movie, and that's why I think this this horror film um, jumped a level, in my opinion, um, because the shrieks and the terror that you from this movie aren't from. They're not coming from the characters. You don't get a lot of gasps and screams, I think, like in a slasher. People are chasing yeah. you get that sort of... I think it's you really get the horror and the suspense from the internal uh, psyche of these characters. Um, they all seem kind of like um, really discombobulated, I guess, in their own existence, really. Like what they're even doing. Well, this... I've done... Just stuff... like I was going to say, like with the doctors, it's like he's just like freaking mental like even when he's doing the cert you see this the surgery when he's cutting off the person's face and i was just like oh wow that's that looks pretty good <laughs> yeah like, like he hones the craft and pretty i would say pretty uh graphic for the time would you say those some of those uh you, you see some surgical scenes where they're cutting into the face and taking it off with clamps and everything. Yeah, like I, I was impressed with like what they did, and like I, could, I was trying to figure out how they did it. And I'm, I'm assuming they just used a dummy and they used like a plastic face to cut it off and use like fake blood or something. I don't even probably not even blood. They probably use like some kind of food to substitute it for blood because it kind of looked like like really gel like jelly or something. <laughs> The, the skin face? Yeah, the or, skin face. Yeah. Yeah, when she takes it off. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they didn't cut. I was, like, waiting for, like, a cutaway or a fade um, that would come where it's, like, oh, he's close up on the face and it's going to fade and it's going to be them pulling it off to some weird thing. But, no, it was, like, it was like a pan in, like a Dutch angle pan in from when he made the final incision to, like, weirdly jelly, as you said, peeling yeah. it off. Yeah, it was good. And Pete... Did you think of the? It's, sorry, no, mine's unre- oh, no, no mine's ahead. really un- unrelated. I was gonna say, did you think of the movie Face Off at all? <laughs> oh yeah, um, actually, <laughs> Nicholas Cage um, and John Travolta. <laughs> um, it's F- funny you mentioned that. Off. <laughs> face, oh Face Off. <laughs> no, I heard, and this is I'm not bullshitting here. Um, I was doing some research, and John Woo who directed that, the comment to this movie was, uh, you remember the final scene of this movie where um, our, the protagonist who doesn't have the face is walking out of the house, the big mansion, and seemingly into the woods to freedom. All those doves are flying around her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a trademark of a John Woo movie. Classic doves shot. And, oh, uh, yeah. Um. He pays tribute to this movie. Not a joke. <laughs> so you joked about Face Off in this movie. I I poured through the research. <laughs> John Woo, a fan. <laughs> I could see him being a fan. Just like, As w- it's like a very director movie, you know what I mean? And uh, just thinking of other movies, I, 
it just popped in my head. The skin I live in. Did you see that one? No, I did not. It, isn't that Antonio Banderas, right? Is that the one? I always that w- get that confused with the one that Scarlett Johansson is in. That's not the skin I live in. That's uh, that's under my skin, right? Under the skin, yeah. Or under my skin, yeah. Or under those. See, there's another one called that. It's too confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was inspired by this movie too. People enjoy this movie. Um, but back to this. Um, before we kind of go into trivia and um, some more backstory and the budget. Um, one thing I also saw that I thought was um, prevalent just to address is uh, deeper thematic elements of the film. Um, I think a big thing to address is eyes and faces. Um, clearly, that's in the title. People have disfigured faces and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the eyes, you see, they're prevalent everywhere. I mean, even with a girl in her mask, um, people's deep concentration, the sweaty brows, they're following everything. Um represent um just sort of knowledge that we have and and power and prestige like the doctor and everything um and then the idea that you don't in our faces our our being our identity um what makes us um human and i think it was a a clash between those two um in this film um with the doctor being knowledge and the daughter being this humanistic element battling against them almost sci-fi that's sci-fi uh what is it man versus uh, God or God, man versus nature, but uh, those clashing the whole time. She's mm-hmm. only she's she doesn't ever face, um, but that's what she holds on to, and he all he has is his knowledge, and he thinks that's what's going to bring her back. And in the end, we see that the humanistic element of your being, your identity, wins out over knowledge and really just your selfish intent. Well, I guess you could. I don't know. Boom, shakalaka. Because, <laughs> like, she, full of spoilers, straight up murders her father. <laughs> she does. And the mistress. Would you, would you say that's humanistic? I guess, is she captive? Can, can she not leave? Yeah. The, I mean, what I took is she, the dad won't let her leave. He basically he tells the authorities that she's dead. Yeah. So she's locked up in the okay. house. And then... Um, she doesn't want the face. She wants to be with Jacques, her her fiance, and she doesn't. She you see her when she's looking at these these women that they're bringing in, um, basically petrified by them. Basically, she's empathizing with them. Yeah, and doesn't want her father to do this, and she's vocal about that. And then at the very end, she has action, and she sets the girl free, and attacks her father. Yeah. Okay. You sold me on that one. <laughs> that's that's my take on it. Cause like, I I don't like. At first, like thinking about it, I was like, I was like, is she being held against her will? I was like, the only thing that's really holding her back is that she doesn't like she's missing like half her face, <laughs> and like, cause she's like so worried about her beauty. I feel like, and I think he is too. You you felt that she was uh, she was obsessed with her beauty a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I feel like she wasn't really, obviously she wasn't vocal about it, but I feel like that's why she's wearing the mask. But I thought 
she didn't want to wear the mask. Because, like, remember when we first come back to the mansion and we haven't seen her, we think she's dead because the doctors identified this one girl as, yeah, that's my daughter and she's dead. Yeah. It turns out that was just one of his experiments. She's not wearing the mask. And he goes, you have to get in the habit of wearing this. And she's like, I don't want to wear it. Oh, I don't remember that part. (laughs) And you see her, she does, I mean, she wears it throughout the film, but it's only after persistence. Oh. Like the mistress comes to her and says, put this on. And that changes my perspective of the movie. (laughs) And then she'll do it. Yeah. See, (laughs) I thought, I thought that she was just like kind of, man, how did I miss that? (laughs) Yeah, so I felt like she... She just wanted to be yourself. Like, I don't want to wear this mask. I want to be with Jock. I just want to get out of here. And she even said, Dad, I don't blame you for what happened. I know later on that I kind of saw, like, she just, like, was so upset about, like, not having a face anymore. And, like, she's like, just kill me. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, because that's why I kind of, like, worked with my theory. Because I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, she's like... So that's where my theory kind of was backing up behind all that. And then it's just not right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And I remember that scene. And I think she says it multiple times, actually, where she's like, then I'd rather be dead or kill me. But I think what like the context is in that situation, again, is they're telling her that she has to wear this mask. She can't go see Jacques. She can't do this. And that, and to her, well, I don't have these freedom... I can't just leave here. I can't be with what I want to love. You're holding me captive for things I don't want. I'd rather be dead. Yeah. That's the way I took it then. My face is, I'm a monster. (laughs) But I could be wrong. I don't have a PhD in film studies. (laughs) I'm just a man who likes horror. (laughs) (laughs) Would, so, oh man, now I just forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Um, well, we're, we're getting towards the end here. Um, this did have a, just some quick, I mean, budget production notes, budget. I don't really know, but I saw it made, it's a tight 84 minutes. It's not that long, but it made like 52,000 in the box office in 1960, which is like, I feel like it's not good. It's not, I was, I did the inflation and it's like maybe 500,000. Yeah. That's not good. So (laughs) box office it wasn't that great but reception has been great for it well i Um, saw initially the critical reception was not was not high so i think that probably played a a part into mm -hmm. it because like if a newspaper doesn't like it who's gonna go see it (laughs) back then the newspapers had it all (laughs) (laughs) no I, i read that too and they were saying like people walked out at the first like face transplant scene because they were disgusted uh they thought it was too crude and it wasn't until almost several years later, I think even when it got the American release, that it started to get better reception. Um, I think that it always happens with, like, foreign movies. They, mm. like, get really popular in America, like, ten years later. <laughs> yeah, after they were smashed in wherever else they came out. Um, and it was released here. It was edited and dubbed, but under a complete different title. Um we know it now in the American as Eyes Without a Face, which is what it translates to. But it came out as the horror chamber of Dr. Faustus. 
first of all, who the fuck is Dr. Faustus? Because that person is not in this movie. <laughs> it's like Dr. Grinsignier or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what the hell they're going for. Yeah, so that was the original release um, in America. One thing I, I, I do want to mention, um, I, need, I don't know if we have any French film fans, but Children of Paradise is a, one, of the, one of the best French films. Not not me saying that, but just rated by people. Um, and the doctor in this movie, the main, the main doctor, mm. um, Pierre Brassure, is uh, one of the main guys in that movie. Um, oh, okay. Children of Paradise. And the director for this film helps set up believe it was called uh, i'm not gonna butcher the french name but it was a french movie production company during world war ii um that was it's known it's historically in cinema because they uh they would make films under nazi regime um with uh, french rebels um during production and basically have uh french rebel uh codes encrypted in them um when people watched it so like (laughs) sort of liberating liberating france and stuff um this like subliminal anti-Nazi stuff, and the main guy in this movie um, was in those films, and the director of this helped set up that studio. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really cool story. If you guys want to read more on that, um, it's a really interesting time in film history. Yeah, nineteen sixties France, like basically being savaged by the war. <laughs> It's only like what <laughs> eight years, not even eight, a little longer than eight years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably during Reconstruction still, but uh, yeah, wanted to get him in there. Shout out, and also a shout out before we do a, a Defender Destroy. Um, the term necrosis gets brought up in this film. Everybody, everyone pronouncing that right? Um, yeah, that that is. Um, basically. I just... There's a face. There's a face transfer um, to the daughter, and that's the disease that happens. Starts eating away at her face, and they have to take the skin off. I want to shout out to my my main man Pete over here. Uh, if you guys follow the blog at all, um, Pete's writing a blog on um, writing a horror screenplay, and that's uh, what his is about. That that that's the title of my screenplay. You know what's really funny is that I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> it's your screenplay. <laughs> I I totally missed it. That's really funny. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. So Pete, actually, Pete, that. Pete. Bl- What's up? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. The the blog post actually is still. I I need to finish it up because like um, I want to finish the script first, and I'm doing like the final touches on it. I've been kind of procrastinating on that for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I've worked on it with you, so you you know how it is. <laughs> oh, I know. But. It's a screen. Uh, it originally was a full f- feature-length film that had re- that I written for a screenwriting class in school, but I intended it to be a short horror film, and so now it's edited down to a short film. And I'm gonna write a blog about like the process behind it, and even release the story so you guys could read it. And if you guys copy it. It's that's just cool because that means you read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely check out that blog. I think it's a cool idea and if you get a chance to actually read it, a, I've read the script several times. I've I've given some tidbits about yeah. it. I think it it's good stuff. Oh, thank you. No, yeah. I mean, that's just honest opinion. I as soon as I heard that word in the movie, I was like Pete. Pete 
<laughs> he's doing a movie about that. And just, just didn't even catch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we're wrapping up here at the end of the podcast. We're going to do our regular bit with Defend or Destroy. I usually throw it to Pete. I'm going to start it this time, Pete. I'll do. I'll defend or destroy it first. And uh, I'm going to defend. Yeah, um, I knew I knew your answer for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I chose this one this week. It's been on my list for a while. Um, and I told Pete before we started recording of the movies we've done so far, it's probably the top one. Um, I'm a big fan of of French films in general, but just the the style of the film, it was very poetic. Um, I think every shot was um, chosen very, uh, very precisely. Um, it was very calculated. And with that, um, the movie took on a, a whole story of itself, more than the horror elements that you see in the narrative. Um, the scenery and the atmosphere, especially the cemetery with like the, the trees that were overarching over the graves. Um, I think that was uh, fantastic. And the theme, the mu- music to acting to all of it, I thought was well executed and I defend it. I really recommend it. So I would not give it as an outstanding review as you, um, because yeah, I think it just really comes down to I just I need to rewatch this film um, as I missed, as you can tell, missed some points, <laughs> missed some things in the movie where I think I, I honestly nodded off because I was just so tired that went the the first day I watched it for the first half and it probably so is that and it's really slow paced. So I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I. You know, I would say I respect it, especially since it's from the Crit Collection. Criterion Collection is... Uh, yes, sir, it is. As, as most people would call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just like the... I just made up Crit Collect. Hopefully that catches on. I'm sure it will. Hashtag Crit Collects. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, can't, I can't destroy it be, based on that merits, I think. Uh, but it's a, it's a tougher watch for the impatient and so if you check it out if you're really into horror and you're running out of not running out of options but you just want to see an older movie which is and you know not too often you, you're not going to see this anywhere i saw it on hulu thankfully they have it on there it's on youtube i watched it on youtube hd oh wait what yeah did you pay so, for it no free so if you don't have hulu or anything uh free on youtube hd so you can check it out on there. Well, I use my girlfriend's Hulu account, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, should have used that free uh, internet site YouTube. This is a <laughs> advertisement for YouTube. They're sponsoring us now. <laughs> yeah, sh- shut it down. <laughs> Just like shut us down. <laughs> With that, I think that's going to wrap up this week. Uh, we run a little long, but great um, for listening to us and hanging around there with us. We love hearing from you. Give us some feedback on the website. We got blogs, discussion forums. Let us know how we're doing, what you want to hear us to talk about, what new movies are out, um, what you're watching. Um, and we'll get blogs up. Pete's going to have his blog up about the screenplay he's writing, and I'll have one up soon. So stay tuned for the next episode for the podcast It Records. Until next time, I'll remain in the shadows. No, I will remain in the shadows. Get the fuck out of my shadows, man. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs>